Hey, what's up, guys? It's Dan from IQ. It's Wednesday, which means we have another awesome podcast to get you over hump day. I'm here with my co-host, Ben. Hello. And we're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamado Joe, and Smoke with Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ is dedicated to providing with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. So if you're thinking about buying your first smoker, wanting to upgrade or looking for charcoal cabinet smokers, check them out over at Max Barbecue. Barbecue Gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue and supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades and accessories from the US and around the world. And you can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. So regardless of how you cook, whether it's from charcoal, wood, gas or electric, the real taste of barbecue can be yours all year round. And Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation from smoking, roasting or searing. Kamado Joe is the premium ceramic grill chosen by Michelin star chefs and barbecue enthusiasts alike. Get the great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check them out over at kamadojoe.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter. And on today's show, we have David from Thuros. Hi, Dave. Hi, guys. How are you Good, thanks. Thanks for being on the show. We've been trying to get you on here for quite a long time now. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I bit the bullet and uh, looking forward to it. Cool. Yeah, well, we're both big fans of of the uh, the new T1 and just the Thuros brand in general. We love the build quality and stuff, and we've got to try it out at quite a few different events so we've we've tried the products out and liked them and just wanted to chat to you a bit more about them thanks guys yeah much appreciated it's uh the quality is the, the the main thing i think from day one that's um i've sort of, i've picked up and had feedback on so but it, it's always good to hear so much appreciated cool do you want to just start off just by just introducing yourself and a bit of your background yeah yeah certainly um i've uh, i've actually been in uh, my main sort of uh, role at the moment is outdoor um, sales within sort of the outdoor uh, leisure area, and a lot of that emphasis on cooking and uh, Chiros being one of the main projects I actually do. But uh, I've been doing it for about four years after 10 plus years of sales in boring financial services um, and found myself for the first time out of uh, full time employment looking for something new and totally different. And uh, through help from an ex-colleague who's also sort of made a move to do something along those lines um, started still sales, but obviously approaching approaching companies that offered something that wasn't really in the UK already um, from charcoal. You know, we had sort of at the time, it, the charcoal quality sort of improved hugely, I've seen over the last few years. Um, even a few years back, it, it was hard to get good quality charcoal. And that led us uh, to Churros' door. And um, you have to speak into them, they were very you know, really sort of dominant in their domestic market, but very eager to sort of uh, open up. And um, uh, so for the last four years, uh, as far as your listeners will be uh, interested in, I've been sort of firmly entrenched in outdoor leisure, cooking, and there's a few other projects I've done, but Churros has been the main one. Cool. And I noticed that you named the product Churros, but me and Dan have always called it Thuros. So yeah. have we been saying yeah. it wrong for a long time now? <laughs> No, I think you're, you're perfectly uh, okay saying that. It is more a dialect, and, and, and how I got it from was some of the videos, um, and obviously being in the, the warehouse, speaking to the guys. And um, when we did some of the English adaptions, the, the actual at the end of some of the videos, you actually see them say "juros." So it was uh, I thought, oh, there's a, there's a tiny bit of an accent without taking it too far down to a Spanish deep-fried snack of juros. But it's uh, so yeah, it's "juros, juros." You're pretty close, by the way. Cool. I like churros, so that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so is the brand is German, is that right? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, they've uh, they've got a, a 
quite a, a great history really in terms of they're 25 years old um, pretty much last year and um, obviously after the, um, the the wall came down and east and west Germany got together there was a lot of emphasis on starting up businesses in, in um, east Germany and uh, the actual creator Peter um, Schneider came over from West Germany to start a business in East Germany and it's it's the actual style of the, the larger grills you've seen, the actual funnel uh, style grills, that's very East German in, in design so effectively he took on that uh, that style, obviously brought in the stainless steel element and, and everything else, all the other features to it and 25 years down the line you know we're here sort of um, with this next wave of tea line products coming out so uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, they're actually based in Turinga, which is uh, like almost like our Lake District, a uh, very rural area where a lot of people go in, in Germany go for holidays, and it's called the Green Heart and the Green Lung of Germany. So it's a real sort of uh, rural place to go out and uh, and see the open world. And um, I think that sort of reflects in their design that they're, they're built very well to cook on, but built to last, to withstand the sort of German winters, you know, the whole idea of grill, cook anywhere, anytime in the snow etc so it's uh, it's good to sort of take that to new customers and you know uh, with that with that in the background you know with new products etc they're all going to sort of um, be designed with, with that sort of mainstay in the background so it's uh, gives you a lot of confidence in the product yeah so with that in mind do you you like would you say you can just leave the product out like all year round or should it still yeah, be like, yeah. put away and covered up or... uh, um, I think a lot of people like to have a cover. So if they've not got the, the lid with some, because you know, a lot of them just use them as grills, if you've not got a lid or a barbecue hood, um, you know, generally that's more sort of like your creepy crawlers and cobwebs and things like that. But in terms of, um, in terms of the weather, totally impervious to um, rusting, 25-year guarantee, which is just their sort of, you know, cut off in terms of like saying, yes, yeah, we're, we're very confident. And really, even the um, even the tabletop with its design, it, it was outside for me in these uh, winds recently that sort of, you know, didn't budge off the table. So <laughs> that whole sort of picture of your barbecue lying on the floor after the winter, it's um, even, even with the, uh, some of the, the smaller units, it's, uh, you know, pretty much left out. I've had one of the, the smokers, which is a conversion from normal grill to a smoker. I've had that outside for three years running now. And, um, you know, I, I, I should cover it up, but I think the whole thing is I'd like to just leave it there just to see what happens. And it's, uh, you know, a few scratches from the rose bush, but other than that, it's, uh, it's absolutely perfect. So. so it's standing up well to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So it's the, the, like, sort of upright product that you said, is that, like, they're kind of... The flagship. That's where they started with the product. No, no there's one that's yeah. like a pillar. Yeah, absolutely. Like oh, okay, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, a Funnel yeah. on top of yeah, a yeah, pillar. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's if you've got. Imagine the exact picture you're looking at. Some I think had a four like leg plinth, and uh, we're now sort of moving to the flat sort of base, which is more uh, you know, ergonomic. But at the same time, yeah, that design was effectively what the East German and maybe a few other parts of, uh, of Europe, that sort of design grill, it's just the reason that's, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of other places, certainly in America, et cetera, the kettle, but that was uh, actually their sort of uh, East German design. Cool. Yeah, one of the things we noticed was that the, the base had got a bit wider on the new uh, T1 version. Mm. <coughs> yeah. Because we've got both, we've got one of the older versions which and one of the new versions, so the base is a bit wider, that was one of the things we noticed, and it's on little plastic sort of legs yeah. as well. Yeah, is that yeah, just I like mean, uh, I've had mine on table burning and it's not left any marks? Is that just extra excess protection, I guess? Or 
Yeah, it's, it's a great question because that's exactly um, how I saw it. I, I'd never asked for that in terms of feedback from the UK to Germany, but um, I believe in all their years of selling the tabletop, which is uh, sort of three or four, um, or, or a, bit, a bit longer in Germany, and you know, ten thousands of sales. I think they had one person come back and actually say um, that somehow a glass table had been scratched and they blamed the barbecue. So um, with them being a typical German business, it was okay. Let's get this fixed and. The, the tea line was due anyway, but um, so that, yeah, the actual extra uh, feet on it, I think, look great and uh, just give you 100% uh, confidence that, you know, you, you can put it anywhere. But you're right, uh, temperature-wise, that was never an issue. I think it was just this, uh, we, you know, we're redesigning it, let's let's do everything to 100% that we can. So. Cool. Well, everyone likes a proactive company, so one yeah, complaint yeah, we want to... Oh, well, my one complaint is that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Let's see what we can get. Complaint. <laughs> it doesn't light on itself. Yeah. That's one. In, the, and in, then... the, in the past, because um, actually Christian, um, Peter's son, runs business now, um, but I think they were approached for all sorts of things, and because they you know, could turn stainless steel into pretty much what they wanted, through the, they would they would create all sorts of things, like you know, one on the side of a boat so that would fit and... Uh, uh, you know, a lot of things that were great, but we were never really going to sort of say these were these were good for retail. But it's, it was that sort of business, and, and I think now as it's growing, they have to be more fine-tuned to make sure that yeah. you know what what works in Germany is going to work in the UK and you know things like America, etc. But uh, yeah, they definitely have that from them. They can you ask them something and they can they can do. I, mean, awesome. I think just a, a basic one we had was um, some wood uh, wood chip boxes that a company wanted their brand on, so they you know put their design, added a few extra things and actually engraved the uh, name of the, the brand on as well. So it's obviously that's a bit more straightforward, but they are pretty proactive, like you say. Mm, cool, getting one custom made. Yeah, <laughs> get one that attaches yeah. to the side of my car. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, can you give me their telephone number? <laughs> <laughs> We've got loads of ideas. <laughs> See what we you, never know, you never know. <laughs> yeah, but I guess, and I think you said it a minute ago, Dan, I can't remember if we said it, blank the uh, the base is like a big difference because well, the base is almost like the same size as the top section yeah. now on the t1 yeah. so it must have a lot better stability i guess now yeah uh, that extra weight and uh, i suppose you know some portable portability maybe you think you know uh, that that wasn't required but i think in general it is more sort of you know people using it outdoors in different sort of scenarios but a lot of time in a garden where you want a quick barbecue and you know um, get, get the grill going uh, so it looks nice and it's it's not going anywhere as well so uh, yeah it's, um, uh, you know before I think like you said if, if if there was a lot of charcoal in it you would sort of get some residual heat down below and it's still you could still move it but um, with this one it's designed so that heat is deflected back up you know into the food and um, you can pretty much move it with your hands without sort of any any sort of real difference in temperature so yeah all sort of nice changes that are you know we're happy with it in general yeah i think something like i've i've really i mean mark has sort of uh dove into it a bit like about camp campfire cooking he's he's uh, done a bit in the the most recent uk barbecue mag about sort of mm. camp, camp yeah. sort of style cooking and stuff and i think that portability and, and i mean that is what where barbecue sort of or well, not where barbecue originated but, but sort of where barbecue was for a long time is when you went camping you'd, you'd barbecue or when you were i don't know people were on out exploring or on the beach or whatever you'd, you'd barbecue so that was one of the things like the uni for me was was uh, is a super oh, still is it's not was is a superb uh, yeah. 
innovation because of its portability and the ability yeah. to to take it somewhere and have a brilliant bit of equipment on the beach or whilst you're camping or in the, in the back of the car you can bring out the boot and just sit on the floor wherever really and have pizza and, that, and that's what the thuros is is oh sorry uh thuros is for me <laughs> is for me is, is again is i can yeah, yeah. just put it out of the back of my boot and and have a barbecue like wherever really and i know that sounds yeah. stupid but but it is a great bit of kit that is very portable at the same time no it's, it's great to hear dan i mean uh you know we're always trying to like, improve, for example, uh, quite a few people actually say they, they would like the bag, like they have with the Union, quite a few other bits of kit. So uh, that, that's quite easy from the public side to sort of sort it out. So we're, we're always sort of looking to make it easier for people to do that. I mean, for a while, some were saying that um, you know, for true portability, there was real sort of like flat pack barbecues, but I don't think they always give you that sort of uh, standard that you want. Um, however, yeah, you when... compromise on, on quality, yeah. I think with the flat back sort of, I've, again, I've, I've had a two of those different ones i've had one that's sort of like a, a square and i've had a circle one that compacts down and, and i don't know just quality seemed to be quite poor on them i'm not going to name any brands or anything but but in yeah. my opinion the quality just wasn't there that i felt confident in it whereas the thoros yeah, yeah. i don't think it needs to be flat packed as long as it can fit in like the boot of your car or you can carry it without a real struggle which mm. the thoros ticks both boxes no matter how small your car yeah, is yeah yeah absolutely then, i mean yeah carry on sorry <laughs> no, sorry, sorry. I was, um, I, um, I was totally agreeing. And also, you know, I think what you said about outdoor cooking is you know, yourselves, Marcus, and quite a few others on the. Uh, you could you could cook with pretty much nothing other than sort of coals below or wood, with a makeshift grill, for you know next to nothing in cost. But as soon as you do go into actually buying something, if you're buying something sort of ten, twenty pounds that like you said, you know, does fold up effectively after a few heats, you know, etc. Is, is is not very rigid, then why have you even bothered going down? Why not just continue down that sort of original route of, of doing it makeshift-wise? But when you're actually sort of going to buy something that you want to last and use and use and use, then, yeah, I think at that point, that's why there's that, that big gap. I, I love the idea of, sort of cooking with pretty much no equipment, but at the same time, <laughs> if you go and camping with the kids, etc., it's probably not quite so practical to get that all set up. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And just but, stuff like safety and stuff like that. I mean, if yeah. you've got a proper unit, then you're not worried about the fire spreading. And, and I mean, again, yeah, we, we all live in a world where, yeah, I'd love to just have a massive fire pit and, and <laughs> hover a bit of steak over it. But at the end of the day, you, you can't always have that. So, I mean, this is this is absolutely perfect. And uh, I know it's, it's, it's a strange one. I, I think like stuff like, for instance, with with that, you're, you're constantly going to have to chuck loads of logs on or keep your burns hundreds of charcoal. It's another thing with the Thuros is that... Yeah, very efficient. I found it? it's really... Yeah. like for, for an open grill, it's actually really quite efficient in its burn, even though it burns very hot still, which is fine. I mean... There's, there, I mean, for me, I haven't really tried controlling it an awful lot with, with lids and stuff, but just in yeah. general, uh, I'm not going through hundreds of charcoal. I think, like, the actual... The T1 that I've got, is, you haven't got. A, it's not a huge grill, but it's it's big enough for I think it's like eight eight kebabs to be to be on at the same time, or a good few steaks to be on at the same time. And I've never none of the cooks I've done so far have I had to reload any charcoal, which is which is unusual. And at the same time, you don't feel like you are actually putting in a lot because it is quite a I don't know the the fuel area where, or whether it's charcoal basket, I would say whatever you want to call it. You don't actually use a lot of fuel in it anyway, so it's like again, it's another great thing is when you want to grab get the grill out, having to light up a big old barbecue and, and fill it up with charcoal and stuff and get it going can be a bit of a pain. Whereas 
the Thuros again, you can just chuck a bit of charcoal in and yeah. it doesn't really seem it's like... It's easy to keep it going as well. When I was at Burnham on Sea, we were there doing like cooking demos and we u- basically used that like all day long and we just kept it going all day, just top- topped it up now and again, but basically it just ticked over and carried on going through yeah. all the demos for the whole day. Yeah, was that, was that uh, last year's one? Or, yeah, or yeah, just... Yeah, yeah, just I've got a few pictures. Yeah, of course, yeah, I remember now. Um, yeah, I mean, other than I think when people get it and... The, the initial feedback is you had the great build but to be fair to you that's probably the second um most popular comeback and it's always great to hear you know the, the efficiency i don't always get the chance to compare it like for like i know things like the lotus grill where it's using a very small amount of charcoal that's battery powered to create that extra heat um but like for like i don't you know i won't go down the down the route of quality but it's not the same sort of cook experience for me so um just hearing that it, it's a real sort of belt and braces sort of experience i think of cooking just charcoal you know centimeters away from your food you obviously can raise it with that wind deflector but um yeah sort of you, you you're right i mean i think we recommend about like 200 grams of charcoal and when i first used that i wanted to almost like fill it to brimming but it's it's simply not the way to use it. it's that small amount of charcoal and as you say if it's if it's been cooked for a while um you know top up but obviously i think as well with charcoal changing down to like briquettes were sort of you know a bit scorned on a while ago and now um there's some really good quality different types of briquettes coming and they will last for ages so putting them in there uh, and cooking then yeah you've got sort of hour and a half of like one load of, of cooking which is for a lot of people is uh is enough for the for the grilling side I think. yeah definitely and you mentioned like a wind deflector there but there's there's actually like loads of accessories isn't there for the, the tabletop grill yeah, yeah. Now, now this is coming to the UK. This is probably my first lesson I learned. But um, you know, it's uh, embarrassments and riches in terms of just how many things they have, and that comes from the history of like making things for uh, all occasions. But on its own, it's a great grill, and you can bespoke it. It's a modular setup, we call it. So every grill within that T line, that's um, the T1 up to the T4, uh, large garden grill, they have a modular setup. The, the T4 with the biggest is probably has the most the types of things you can add on to it in terms of you get to sort of rotisserie and charcoal. Uh, vertical charcoal chamber and things like that but they're all sort of designed that however sometimes going to the going to retailers it wasn't as easy to sort of explain that they almost wanted us to you know tell us exactly how to have it and we found um through quite a few people uh, chefs etc using it at the start that as you guys know that the kebab attachment became the uk's most popular attachment by far whereas in germany the wind deflector is because i think more the emphasis on grilling and bratwurst that type of thing um, but yeah, the, the kebabs with a few uh, few good recipes like the tandoor style and um, and sort of Central European style, and it's just sort of taken off from there. So that's that's been a real um, a good experience from um, from bringing it to UK. Yeah, it's almost like almost when I saw it, I was just like, that is the product I want to buy to make kebabs yeah. on. It's just like <laughs> I wanted it just for kebabs. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, that's what people say to us straight away. It's um, you know. Oh, can you like can you can you include the uh, kebab attachment? It does come with six uh, kebab skewers as well, doesn't it? It's like yeah, everything you need to sort of get going. And um, I, I think like like the uni, and I, I certainly don't mind talking about that product because it's fantastic. Uh, the way they've sort of reinvented, you know, that sort of oven cooking outdoor pizza for for every man, so to speak. Um, it, it, it's it's done it on a small on a smaller scale, but it's done that for for us and um, you know, cooking on kebabs. I'd never label it as purely that because. 
a proper culinary product that we can use in different ways. But yeah, it is a, it's a fantastic and easy way to sort of get set up. And as you were saying, size-wise, you put six kebabs on it, and you're suddenly cooking for quite a few people there. Um, you know, so it's uh, it does sort of use that space even better, I think. Definitely, and there's more, a lot more accessories to it as well. It's almost like it can do like all the little things you'd imagine. Like you can't even put like a little rotisserie on it. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm going to uh, maybe you guys will try that out for me because we've, we've got the equipment in and um, we've, we've used it more on the T2, T3, and T4, which are obviously a bit bigger and uh, more suited. But um, and as well as that, that they have the ability to to put on this charcoal vertical charcoal chamber I've mentioned, which sits on the back of the wind deflector and has the the coals behind the rotisserie wow. rather than rather awesome. below it. <laughs> Whereas the, the T1 will just have the coals under. So you need to obviously make sure you've got your, if you need it, your drip pan to collect the juices and then your coals around the bottom. Yeah. And there's not a huge amount of space, but I think you could, if you were out and about and you had a sort of chicken or small joint, you, you could do a really good job on that. So, um, yeah, if, if you're volunteering, <laughs> I'll send something <laughs> down for you. Yeah, we'll have a <laughs> I think it's the only, you've only not got the window fletcher, haven't you, in terms of what, what is available. So it would be easy to fill that gap for you. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's awesome, and and on the big ones, that's a really cool feature. The fact that you can uh, the the vertical sort of charcoal chamber that yeah, adds on that's yeah. that's really cool. But that looks oh, yeah, super yeah. cool as well, which is always a I think it's, plus. It, it does, it does, yeah, absolutely. It's um, you know, I think uh, again, again with that larger stuff, we've sold quite a few of them, but um, by more direct with people coming to us, um, it's not like the retailers stock everything yet because there is simply so much to take at the start so we're concentrating on that you know that quick and easy stuff before but um as the every year people, more and more people come to us at the start of the season to sort of say oh yeah i've heard about you and there's more stuff online and obviously this is going to help fantastic where people find out about us so it just allows us to slowly increase the you know it's almost like we don't need to develop new products because they're all there in the background and we're just slowly releasing them as and when we think the sort of time's right but um I did quite a lot of rotisserie last year. Uh, did Kelly's kebab, uh, the Kelly bab on the uh, on the rotisserie as well. So <laughs> that'll get that'll get it out there. <laughs> cool. And something I've seen like posted quite a lot recently has been like the cabinet smoke. It's been like quite an exciting time for Thurus. It's been lots of, as you just said, yeah. there. I mean, you've got lots of stuff in the bank. It sounds like, but also at the same time, there's a lot of stuff regularly being released and announced, and uh, a lot of excitement yeah. around the brand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because we, um, we we brought the cabinets in the large ones um, when I uh, had started working with Chiros and obviously was getting into it. I met with Gary uh, Craig quite some time ago, and 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 he tried out when you know I, I was myself was learning about smoking, cold smoking, and all the different methods to do it. So we brought the large smokers out, and um, it was again, it was more of a where we sell them and who we go up against because they were quite expensive, a hell of a lot of stainless steel. Uh, excuse me, that wasn't, I swear. <laughs> and, um, but uh, then, actually, Chiros surprised me with the, the little tabletop because um, we'd been looking at the tea line so much, I hadn't sort of heard so much. Uh, they, they sent through some artwork, and I, I just thought straight away, that is going to do really well. And, and how I see it so far is, uh, obviously, it's stainless steel. It's, it's going to be 159.99, so it's not cheap. Um, and you're not going to cook a brisket on it either because it's, uh, it's not big enough. But for people getting into smoking and certainly cold smoking, wanting to do the, the butters, which I know Ben's done a lot of, and uh, the cheese, etc. Um, so that sort of introductory stroke 
foodie type person, that's where that tabletop smoker, I think, is really sort of, it's just another different uh, choice for someone to go for if they potentially don't want the big, larger sort of um, bullet smoker, and, you know, in the garden they want something a bit smaller. So, yeah. So, so, yeah. yeah like commercial kitchens a... as well. It'd be fantastic in a commercial kitchen, sat in uh, sat in a kitchen on top with a good extraction. You could be cold smoking stuff in that and it'd look pretty pretty wicked as well. And I'm just, I'm looking at the picture right now, which is, which is, not why I talked about the cabinets. Cause I'm really interested in the cabinets mm. anyway. But this is—it looks like a sort of another an accessory for like one of the like the thing that looks like the T2, which turns it into like a cabinet smoker. It's like a yeah. middle piece that slots in or something. Yeah, that's exactly what I mentioned at the start that I have in my garden. I had it for the the T3, or at the time was a, a different branding, but that's been in my garden and. Um, it's, first of all, it's a fantastic cabinet-style smoker. So for coal smoking, you simply, you know, it's, you, you can't go better. I think, honestly, with um, it, it, it's, it's big enough for a lot, uh, a lot larger joints, but um, it's, it's designed potentially to naturally lose a bit of the, uh, the heat because in Germany they do so much fish and, you know, uh, sort, of, sort of those type of uh, yeah. things, not necessarily the full what they class as barbecue, the... Uh, the briskets and the pulled porks. Mm -hmm. So it's a great, it's a great smoker. I've just never really put it up against, um, you know, the sort of established uh, brands because it's, um, you know, I, I think people will be looking at, if they're getting into the one where they want to do the pulled pork and you know, almost like the competition guy, you know, your competition coming up, then I don't think it's going to be exactly for them, but they are fantastic smokers in their own cool. right. So cool. um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't awesome. mind that. <laughs> looks cool as well. Yeah, it looks super cool, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, well, that, that is available for the tabletop as well. And I've had one in the UK, and we were just sort of like, okay, where do we position this? And then the tabletop smoker came along. So so now for me, it's the idea of lots of, you know, have one or the other, but to have yeah. both together. And um, there's a, a guy in Germany, Klaus Grills, who's got a YouTube channel, and he did, um like, smoked his thick steaks up to temperature and then finished them on like a... I actually used a, a different, he uh, didn't use the tabletop, but he just sort of put a sear on it at the end, and I thought that's yeah, a real beautiful way to cook something. You can just lift off that unit, yeah. which I guess you can do, and I'm yeah. sure the temperature in the thermos would fly right up as soon as you did that, and then yeah, finish absolutely. it. I mean, you could, so you could reverse sear it all in the same unit very easily, which yeah, oh, sounds yeah. super oh, cool. Yeah, might have to look yeah. into, I might have to give you a message afterwards and see uh, mm. if you can get another one in. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. Yeah, we, we, we don't give away to everyone. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's uh, yeah, I think if um, just you sort of, like, I was having a chat about it and just you sort of seeing more of what we do, um, then yeah, you're, you're in the business, isn't it, in terms of, you know, you've got your events coming up, et cetera. So um, a lot of the time, just you know, just for the feedback alone to say, yeah, you know, you guys used it and you liked it. I, I mean, I know it's good, but it's always great to get uh, that sort of feedback. And uh, and the smoke is so new that you know we are still at that stage. We're, we've made up natural sales just from having it online, but um, start getting that reviews and feedback and stuff like that um, is, is next stage really for that. Whereas the, the tabletop has got loads, and now we're bringing the T1 out, so I've almost got to start again on the T1, getting that same sort of coverage, which yeah, is, is fun. Definitely, yeah. awesome. And I get one of the like other selling features of it that we didn't really mention is because it's just all stainless steel. It's so easy to clean it up afterwards and like wash it down. You can probably even like fit it in your dishwasher if you've got a big enough space, can not you? 
I did. I did the skewers just the, the other day on my tabletop. Just uh, put it at the top, and then in between all the cups went, and then the skewers went on the side where you put the, uh, the your larger utensils, and it came out absolutely gleaming. And the, the wife didn't even see me do it, so uh, yeah, it was <laughs> got uh, away with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know so much about it. But I think it's things like aluminium doesn't do very well in a dishwasher. So yeah, with it being stainless steel, not only leave it outside, but also it's going to come out, you know, pretty much like brand new as well. So it's that's that's really good to, to tell people that. Yeah, and then because of the new ones, the like shape of the base on the new one, with that sort of cabinet set up on top of it, if you were going to go with that, that would probably be even more stable and stuff now. Because very true, it yeah, top yeah. heavy before, but that would be pretty rigid and st- stable now, I'd imagine. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's um, it'll be interesting. I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll chat after. But um, mm. th- for me, I think that the the, the separate products uh, together or you know uh, on their own is is, is what's going to be people are most interested in. But you know, we've got an electric insert, so you can cut cut electric um, if you're indoors or something like that. Yeah, I've never once pushed it. Yeah, I've never once pushed it because of. <laughs> We're, we're charcoal and this is what we do but we still have people come to us and buy them so it's um, it's one of those things sometimes things naturally get in the public eye and, and go from there but I, I don't really want to go to a sort of barbecue show and just be trying to sort of tout electric elements yeah. as a way to cook so, yeah. yeah yeah any like any electric based product i've i've got and used has always been a bit of a hassle for me because i don't have electricity in my garden so yeah, running cables, yeah. extension leads down the end is always a bit hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to test it out. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get yeah. a socket put down the end of my garden or something. <laughs> um, so you do you do a bit of uh, cookery videos and stuff yourself as well, don't you? Yeah, uh, I've got uh, YouTube again. was totally new to me when this started. And uh, you're sort of looking back now with some of the announcements they make on YouTube about how many people are watching videos. You wish you had sort of looked at it some time ago, but I, I, I got into it purely because there was nothing really, there was a lot of photos and pictures of the equipment we were bringing in and, you know, catalogs and PDFs and things like that, but there was no real um, English videos of it. And, you know, we could pay someone several thousand pounds to sort of, before we'd even started selling, to go and do his videos. Or, you know, <laughs> Muggins could sort of like pick up the... Um, the smartphone and do a few videos myself so it, it you know obviously i like a lot of the really professional stuff that's done but as a way to sort of just let people see it being used and see how the attachments are modular sort of setup works it was ideal um and i think i've sort of developed down that that i've, I've gone from sort of just like literally pointing a camera at equipment saying this is so and so to actually cooking on it because that's how people you know Will, will buy something effectively seeing what you're you're cooking on it and things like the wind deflector just you know raising that up and uh cooking some chicken over sort of quite high flames but the flames don't touch the meat that type of thing so it's uh it's great to show and uh in what is apart from a bit of editing quite easy to do now to sort of do two three minutes worth of video and put it together <laughs> put some free music in the background and um and just sort of it's always been my channel it's not been a churros channel just to make that clear but at the yeah. same time it's it's sort of quite heavily you know uh, churros equipment in the background but i w- without going too far away I, I did work with a sous vide company so i started trying sous vide out and things like that so it, it's, it's my my food channel but um yeah it's uh, a lot of churros there awesome so what what's your what's your go-to cook if you're, what's the family favorite oh family favorite well 
I think um, from learning on it and uh, getting good, just uh, and a lot of a, a lot of guys have done this as well. Is the lamb kofta style kebabs, and even doing my own flatbread. So sort of, I, I've always made pizza. A lot of the time, I've made it indoors rather than outdoors. But uh, so you know, like, it wasn't alien to me to actually sort of make up some dough, flatten it out. And I remember the first time actually putting it on the grill, thinking, is this just going to seep through the gap in the uh, the gridiron? Yeah. But it um, yeah, it started bubbling straight away, flipped over, and um, and then you know using that to take the the meat off the um off the actual kebab so you've got straight into your sort of uh yeah your, your pizza or your bread uh is just worked perfectly so yeah that's that's when it gets warm enough for the rest of the family not uh i do cook out that i do um turkey over christmas as well on the rotisserie but when it's um when it's warm enough for us all to be out there that's uh that's the first thing i'll, I'll cook as well as sausages for the kids because they're, they're four and five years old so. mm-hmm. So you rotisseried your turkey for Christmas, did you? Yeah, and How I got. That? Well, I, I used the T4, the largest one, so 60-40 uh, grill size, and um, the charcoal cab- uh, actual uh, grate behind it, and it was so big it actually started catching on uh, the the cabinet because the, the, the wings relaxed a bit as you as it was cooking, and okay. almost like so I had to I had to tie it back into place. It was the biggest turkey. I think um, it was a really good butcher that did it, but I think I, I over-egged about how how many people. We, we had sort of like eight people, but one, one was my gran who doesn't cook, doesn't really it eat doesn't much, mean. and uh, they gave me, yeah, they gave me a, a whopping one. But it got cooked. It took an extra hour, but um, it got cooked, and yeah, we had, we had a good time. So good experience there. I might smoke it next time, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got to try these things out, though. Yeah, totally. It was, I, um, I saw it, a few you know, people did rotisserie turkeys, but... We just well, went for I, a yeah. smoke. I went for a smoke first. Yeah, I've smoked mine a few times, yeah. but I was I was away this Christmas, so oh, yeah. yeah, didn't get to. You had a nice bit of beef though, didn't you? Yeah, lush bit of beef. Yeah, uh, it was yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's what I missed out on this year because we, we only we only did Christmas and we're away elsewhere. But uh, yeah, I think a bit of beef on Christmas Eve or. Uh, in between the two dates is a is a cracking idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were lucky enough that we were we were skiing and and uh, oh yeah, <coughs> and we had a an amazing butchers at the bottom of uh, bottom of my road. I mean, it's amazing butchers in the UK, but I mean, again, this guy walked past his window on the first day to hire hire my ski equipment, and uh, and literally just the pride that he ha- his display was just absolutely fantastic. And it was, only it was amazing. You, Dan, only you could have done that. If I'd been on holiday there, there wouldn't have been anyone in, in like five <laughs> miles and he'd have ended up getting some supermarket stuff. When you when you showed that on social media, I was like, Oh, typical. They know he's coming. <laughs> oh, it was it was amazing. I, I I was like, Oh, stuff the skiing, that's just there. <laughs> Dan says just down the road, they probably drove about four hours to get <laughs> It was a walk. Within a hundred meters, genuinely within I know, about two hundred meters of my channel. You don't walk that far. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> was like what you showed me and I hadn't yeah. had like Iranian style food before and 
that's mm. what you introduced me to. And like so, you know, as, as I mean, traditionally, like all, all Iranian food, I mean, as, as you would probably say, if you went back long enough over any any sort of uh, any culture, their food is cooked over fire. But still today, I mean, you go to Iran and a lot of restaurants cook over charcoal, whether it's uh, whether it's in, in clay pots or whether it's on skewers or, or whatever on a grill, then it's just the way they tend to cook. So, so yeah, that's that's where a lot of my sort of influence and stuff came from originally. Yeah, I mean, I think um, there's more more restaurants doing it. I, I'm sort of Midlands based, um, but they either they either don't do it properly or just generally, you know, we, we are seeing some great places. I mean, we've got a Reds in Nottingham now, which is good, but they either don't do it properly or they don't make a big shout about it. And I think sometimes if I hear you know, hear that they do it or you walk past and you get that smell, I don't even look at the menu. I'm just like in there straight away because I think if they're cooking over wood, then they've got a good idea of you know, how to cook them and the type of stuff I like. But it's changing massively in the UK, isn't it? About you know how people are doing it. But yeah, definitely. Um, I recently went to this place called Kiln that was in Soho, and oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, it was it was just amazing. I mean, they were cooking over charcoal, and, and again, it's one of those uh, sort of restaurants where you sit along the bar and and you watch them cook in front of you, and and uh, lucky enough to get into temper. And uh, Martin Anderson was in there, the travelling gaucho. He was cooking uh, some amazing food for me, and and well, not just for me, for everyone in the restaurant. But it felt <laughs> everyone, like it was just everyone else stopped. That's just how personal it, it was, because I mean, Martin was literally stood right in front of us cooking for us, and and uh, and yeah, they, they talked us through all the dishes, explained everything to us, how he did it, and how they were doing it, and and also gave us a little sneak preview of some of the things he's working on at the minute that oh, he's wow. looking to bring to the menu, and and yeah, so I mean, he's announced a couple of those things since since we visited, but. But yeah, I mean, it was an absolutely fantastic experience, and and I think that we're going to see more and more of it. And, and already in the UK, there is you're seeing it all the time. But but yeah, I mean, like Kiln's a a, a Thai sort of influenced. Well, it's, I would yeah. say more Southeast Asia. They've got a few like Burmese things on the menu and and uh, stuff like that. But but yeah, I mean, it, uh, the food was absolutely fantastic, and, and again, all cooked over charcoal. They they use a lot of uh, clay pots and stuff there, which was which was really cool. And and yeah, it's just really cool to see it being done. I was absolutely, and of all the ones that were spoken about, because you know people do mention it on the forum and stuff, Kiln caught my eye and ear sort of when I first heard about it. But since then, the stuff you you've mentioned about it and other social medias, that they really do some amazing stuff, which I wouldn't really have thought about even you know trying. And like, and like you say with the pots, I saw it was a crab, a meat, I'm sure as well, and actually the noodles all cooked in that pot. You know, yeah, so yeah, that was like out, the glass noodles. Was, yeah. yeah, glass noodles. That's it exactly. And it was someone just did a video on that on Instagram. That was like, oh wow, you know, this is definitely. Before I thought it was a place I need to go to, but this is definitely a place. When you start seeing your followers, sorry, people you follow on social media going there and, and posting that sort of stuff, then yeah, it was absolutely. it was it was genuinely like a really really interesting menu. We it's like sort of tapas sort of style, and I would say like tempo is quite similar to that. I would say in the style of eating, you t- you you order a bit of this and a bit of that off the menu, and yeah. and that's and that's how it, how you do it. But it was the same sort of thing when there was three of us that ate in Kiln, and we sort of tried almost everything off the menu, and there was not one dish that that, that wasn't amazing. Uh, every dish was genuinely amazing in its own right, and uh, and yeah, it was it was a fantastic sort of. Uh, that was lunchtime, so we were. <laughs> that was wow, good. Yeah. It was a good lunch. Yeah, you didn't leave. Um, Obviously, not getting too far off the topic here, but um, I, I think when you were going to Temper at the same time, they'd posted, and, and I tried to say it online, they'd posted that the head, either head chef or the head of the restaurant, was having this um, 
green chilli dill leaves and spraying absinthe in his mouth. He didn't get a chance to ask about that, did you? Oh, no, no. But I, I, don't, I, I don't know if this is the next pickleback coming or what. <laughs> someone, someone needs to look into it. I was unfortunately uh, driving straight home after after going to Temper, so I couldn't right. have put, uh, taken in in such uh in such Absolutely not the best time yeah no so <laughs> oh picklebacks yeah <laughs> this just reminded me of the big meat <laughs> you had some beasts there didn't you yeah yeah it's beast pickle they were the biggest pickles I've ever seen but uh yeah and then we had uh simon doing some picklebacks with the shine london well they weren't picklebacks so they were sh- yeah, pickle shines, pickle, yeah, pickle, pickle shines, pickle shines, because we were doing oh, moonshine oh, and, wow. uh, and pickle juice. It was, it was great, but uh, yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> Don't remember much more of the rest of that. Awesome. I mean, Scott, Scott Monroe from Reds. I mean, we had a that that turned into a bit of a. I think we went to, or did we go to bed? I don't know. I think we <laughs> retired back to our our tents at about six in the morning, and then we're back up again. That was a bit of a, a mental night, but but yeah, <laughs> way off track. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Right. Well, thanks, David, for coming on. This has oh, been you, awesome to get to chat to you, get to know a bit more about the background of the product and share our love of your product with you. Yeah, really appreciate it. And um, hopefully, yeah, we'll sort of uh, up to doing another one. And as for, you know, any more equipment, we'll, we'll speak off air, but it'll be my pleasure. Cool. cool. Awesome. Nice well, thanks for coming on, chat. Yeah. Chat soon. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We've recorded yet another awesome podcast to get you over hump day. Always, as always, we're brought to you by ProQ Barbecue Gourmet, Commander Joe, and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ is dedicated to providing with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice to beginners to pitmasters, and you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. Do you ever think about buying your first smoker, wanting to upgrade, or looking for charcoal cabinet smokers? Check them out over at Max Barbecue. Barbecue Gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue inspiring the UK and Europe with chop championship winning barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades and accessories from the US and around the world. And you can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. So regardless of how you cook, whether it's on charcoal, wood, gas or electric, the real taste of barbecue can be yours all year round. And Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation from smoking, roasting or searing. Kamado Joe is the premium ceramic grill chosen by Michelin star chefs and barbecue enthusiasts alike. That get that great great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out KamadoJoe.co.uk and, and they're on Facebook <laughs> and Twitter. Uh, Smoker Shack delivers quality smoking wood yeah. every time. They provide the smoking goodness, you provide the talent. So if you're looking for smoking wood chunks, dust, chips, or planks, then head on over to Smokewood Shack. And you can find them on Twitter at Smokewood Shack. So goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Got something serious to say now. I'm the best cook. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, are you trying to be a comedian? Because I'm blatantly the best cook.